With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey guys, this is Emil Heskey, and you're listening to the guys from Coppin Crackers. Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of Coffee and Fracas, powered by Tushlight Media Group. I am your host Chris and today I am joined by Alex and Peter to discuss all things LFC. Gents, how are you doing on this lovely, sunny, weirdly sunny Tuesday evening? Um, I'm alright, Paul. I'm alright, man. Yeah, I can't really It was just raining not too long ago, but it's still sunny, but the weather's weird. weather's weird, isn't it? Um, so it's 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 so weird. Like honestly, I went for a quick walk earlier on, and the wind was just violating me left, right, and centre to the point where I was like, I don't need this. I'm going back home. Yeah, so um, <laughs> it's like he needs to make his mind over what what he wants yeah, to do now. We're in May. Come you on. know what I mean? Childish, childish yeah, behaviour. I'm really good, thanks, mate. Um, started a new job today, so I'm quite happy with that. Bit weird, the whole kind of onboarding process. Oh, thanks, bro. Thank you. Bit weird, the whole onboarding process, doing it all over Microsoft Teams. So, um, yeah. that's, that's, that's quite fun. And it's like, you know, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Oh, sorry, Darren, your connection's going. It's like, oh, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, apart from that, I'm all good. Peter, sir, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm all good, man. Just enjoying my bank holiday. Um, yeah, man, just with the game getting cancelled, is a bit. Mixed emotions, but yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. But yeah, I, I ain't been on in a while, so I'm happy to be on, share my opinions, and yeah, let's get to it. No, I love it, bro. Before we do kind of get stuck into all things Liverpool or all things not ha- not happened that were Liverpool related, um, 
If you are watching us on YouTube, thank you very much for, for kind of joining us here. But please make sure to subscribe to the Just Like Fracas YouTube channel and like this video as well, because obviously all these little things do help us um, more than you think in terms of where we want to go. So a little, every little like helps. And if you are a big fan of what we do here at Copy and Fracas and you want a little bit more content on a weekly basis, then, oh, I have a little bit of a thing for you. It is the Copy and Fracas Patreon page where you'll get at minimum this is minimum by the way two new pieces of content per week uh it includes uh live post-match reaction shows weekend preview shows uh, at the award-winning aob it's not won an award but it definitely has won an award in the millions of people who listen to it on a weekly basis and a lot more of our bespoke shows as well and with the transfer window coming up there'll be a lot more of those available uh so if you are interested please do head over to www.patreon.com forward slash copper and fracas. You can see it at the bottom of your screen right now and sign up today. So gents, weird, weird, weird weekend. Our game, half or kickoff. You're kind of waiting for it. Bank card weekend. You know, you got the Monday off. You know, you got the Monday where you can kind of sit at home, deliberate. If it was a bit of a loss, you can get a little bit drunk on the Sunday evening and, you know, not fear the consequences on the Monday morning. There were no consequences, though. Actually, I say that the consequences were that the game never actually happened. It never happened. We all just sat there and watched Gary Neville talk for the better part of three hours because he likes the way his voice sounds. Um, strong protests were held at Old, Tra- Old Trafford uh, and at the team's hotels, which meant that Manchester United and Liverpool weren't able to play out their normal nil-nil draw, which was a bit odd, in all honesty. Um, now I'll come to you. Uh, I'll let you kick us off because this this is a topic that you you and the guys on the main pod um, talked really well about um, yesterday. So I kind of let you lead the conversation on this. Um, what, what was what were your thoughts on kind of the events that took place on on Sunday? Um, to be fair, I kind of agree how they're protesting against the Glazers, um, having been told like what the Glazers are actually doing and what they're mm-hmm. up to, um, how they are hemorrhaging. Man United from billions of pounds whilst um, not really putting anything back and just relying on the fact that United are such a big, big commercial entity and just get money due to their commercial commercial stuff. Yeah, they're not in favour and, and to be fair, they've been they've been protesting the best part of 10 years for me, I think. Yeah, so the best part of 10 it's years. It's a long time because I, yeah. I, I remember going to I remember going to a Liverpool United game in like 2009 and they were protesting then. Yeah. So it's it's been going on for a while. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it's, uh, it's not nothing new. Um I don't agree with breaking into private property and damaging the damaging things of your supposed uh beloved club. I don't I don't really agree with that. I don't agree with going into places like the, the um changing rooms. I don't agree with going to the the team's um hotel because the players have nothing to do with it. Um, if you want to protest, you can go to the head office of the Glazers if if they have one in Manchester. You can go to the head office, pro, um, do that there. You could have protest outside of the stadium, like what everyone else does. Um, yeah, so I'm not I'm not really sure why they went into the stadium. That's that's wrong in my opinion. But at the same time, um, what they were protesting for is the right cause because I didn't tell you, you want, if you want owners, you want your owners to. I know we're going to get onto this a bit further down the line, but you want your owners to like at least do right with the club. And if you're going to make money from the club, at least pump money into the club. Um, 
I think this you made a good point on the main pod where he was talking about there's no football operations at Man United. Um, there's just confusion. They've come in, they've come in um, at Man United. How many apart from Fergie? They've had what Moyes, Van Gaal, Solskjaer, Mourinho. Uh, what's that? Four or five managers. They've all had their own different players. They've spent a lot of money on these set different players. They can't get them off the wage books anyway. So the the football the football yep. operation is absolutely a mess, and I can see why those fans are frustrated. Um, well, that was that was one of the really interesting things as well, because uh, guys, if you haven't listened to this week's main touchline fracas part, please do so because Disu made some fantastic points. If you aren't aware of you kind of the situation at, at United, um, he made some fantastic kind of points and really painted the picture for, for, for me especially. I, I knew it was fairly bad, but I didn't know how bad the extent it was. And the, the big main thing that came out of this was, like you said, else like a, a sporting. A sporting management piece of it, really. Um, you know, yeah. they, they didn't have a sport. They don't have a sporting director. Obviously, it was left to Edward Wood to kind of make all these transfers up and do those negotiations. Um, and everything just seemed like it was off a whim, really. There's no real kind of scouting practices in place, which is for, for a club like Manchester United is is absolutely staggering. Yeah, it's mental that like, yeah for such a big establishment like that. And I think it just boils. Obviously, this is not a Man United pod anything. So yeah, but mm-hmm. it just boils down to like them. It was always in Ferguson we trust. Same as Arsenal, really. It was always in Ferguson and Wenger we trust. They're the man, yep. the head honchos. They know what they're doing, and they didn't really have a fallback for that. And we can see now what's happening. So um, how it affected Liverpool? Obviously, we didn't get to play our game. Um, all that preparation at the window. I believe we should get the three points just on a merit of forfeit. But yeah, they don't. They won't do that. Um, have they put a new new date in? They haven't. Um, obviously, because of United's Europa League schedule, because uh, uh, I, I generally think they'll probably end up getting to the final. I mean, you look at their you look at their score, you look at their kind of score at the moment against uh, against Roma, as we were talking about in the weekend preview, the no defunct weekend preview because we previewed again that never happened. Um, if six six was six two, so I mean that's it's quite the margin. So there's not really a place where they can fit the game in. I think you. We have to involve moving around one of our games, which is quite interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think for everything that happened, you know, putting people's safety at risk, uh, it just makes sense to kind of just award us the three points. You know, literally, literally is your as, 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 you know, what I mean, in the Eddie Guerrero handbook of all things uh, of lying, cheating, and stealing, I would right. love to take all three points. I'll take all three points and, and run away into the wind. But moving away from that, I wanted to speak on um, like Gary Neville and he was jumping on his um, high, high, high horse again. As per the highest of horses. Oh, bruv, he's just terrible, man. He's just getting there talking with his squeaky mag accent. Oh, <laughs> shut up, Gary. Idiot. Um, talking about it's about the Super League. In my, in my opinion, I don't think it was anything to do with the Super League. I'm fair. And also, having said that, I think Sky caused this to erupt the way it did. Yep. Because had they not put so much um, fuel onto what was already a, a exposed flame, it wouldn't get this big. It wouldn't get this big. Like, okay, cool, you don't want the Super League. And the only reason, you don't want, only reason you're against the Super League is because the big teams have said, no, you're not getting any slice of this pie. Yeah, it, 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 was to protect, it was to protect their own self-interest at the end of the day. Yeah, literally. And that's why they're really going like, mad at it. And... Um, because they're not getting any any millions or any billions from their no contracts for you, buddy. So that they're really like really vexed, and they've put 
they've put Gary Neville in front to be their spokesman. And it could land him in trouble, innit? Because, you know, I think we said in the group chat, he made a comment about how Liverpool, uh, FFG wanted a third of the players. It might have been a slip of tongue, it might have been a mistake, but that these, are, these Americans don't play with all them kind of things. That's the fabrication of character, isn't it? Like, no, we didn't do that. You're lying. You're just lying on telly to millions of people for no reason. <laughs> Get your lawyers, buddy. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, Gary Neville getting on his high horse when he has a team that's owned by a billionaire. 40% of that is owned by a billionaire. He's buying all these um, accommodations in and around Salford. He's talking this, he's talking that. Just shut up, mate. Just absolutely shut up, bro. You know oh, this, 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 yeah. this is the funniest thing about it. You know what I mean? I'm sorry to check out. It's like, you, you are past owner of a football club that is literally breaking every single mode of protocol within uh, the League 2. You know what I mean? I mean, how much did they pay Adam Rooney again? Well, uh, well how much was it? Was it in the tens of thousands? It was a lot of money, and it's not like he was a, a you know a, a poor club. He was playing at you know, quite a high I level... Think- um, yeah, he was at Aberdeen. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, he was at Aberdeen, and he took he took um, he increased his wage to go play in League One. That's absolutely ridiculous. Actually, so yeah, he has no right to come onto the te- onto television and and saying that these owners are are sucking the blood out of English football. They're not. They're not. They've been been given an open open door to come into English football and make um make money out of it. To be fair, so. This has already been before you, mate. Um, I don't think he was saying much when he was getting his wages paid every week by the Glazers, the people that he so-called hate. I, I, I didn't hear him talk out then. Um, not too sure why he's doing it now. So, yeah, it's too much self-interest, too much hypocrisy in this. I don't think anybody apart from Touchdown Frackers has given a fair fair, fair view on it, um, the pros and the cons of it. So, um, yeah, yeah, for me, obviously the game's been cancelled, but um, it's, now it's bigger than that. It's bigger because you, you've gone there and you've injured like I swear they injured a uh, police officer or something like that, or security. But somebody had a fat dash on his face. So I think it was like a like a steward. I think or like yeah, a steward. Great, great. So it's yeah, it's terrible, man. It's terrible. There's, I think I, I sorry before Peter goes. Sorry, Peter. I'm, trying, I'm just fair rambling. But before like football, football is big in it. It's a big thing to you and I, but it's not that big in a grand scheme of things. You know what I'm saying? Like when we talk, if we talk about the whole world and like shit's happening in India, shit's happening um, in Saint Vincent, like these are these are major issues. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not football. Like this, we said like, hate or love it, but we've we've turned into like glorified consumers, isn't it? Just hate or love it, we are because we're gonna go out there, we wanna get a hundred pound jersey, we're gonna we're gonna go to the stadium, have a few beverages, we're gonna, you know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not really life or death, is it? And people are making it life or death, especially fucking Gary Neville, who's got, who's always talking about like, six things coming out of his forehead, bro. He gets on my nerves. Flipping rap. Being a, being a football fan is no different to, being a football fan is literally no different to people who go bird watching. They're both the same <laughs> recreational activities at the end of the day. Yeah, they, or train spotting. So, <laughs> yeah. Train spotting, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird because I mean, you guys made some really good points on the on the main part as well. That the processing, I think it does have to happen. Popatos are definitely not to the levels that we saw it on, on on Sunday. I think we can all agree the things got a little bit out of hand, um, especially when you're chucking flares, you know, kind of Sky Sports cameras, and you know, uh, d- 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 damaging property, whatnot. It's not it's not the way to do it, but 
the, the original notion of the protest is, is good. They need to get their voice heard and they need to do it on the, on the grandest of stages, really. Um, saying that, though, um, the best way to hurt people to hurt people and get people to really take notice is to hurt their pockets. So for Manchester United fans, like you said, the main part, it's stop buying the home kit. Why is there a home kit every single season? Remember the days when there was a home kit every once every two years? What happened to that? Actually, mean that that means something a little bit more. It's not paying for Sky Sports. It's watching stuff illegally with a VPN. By the way, do use a VPN for God's sake. Use a VPN. I'm not condoning not using. I'm not condoning illegal streaming. But to say if you're going to do it, use a VPN in it. Um, it's it's no. It's not watching everything like Amazon. It's not watching it on BT Sports. It's you know it's becoming a little bit isolated from the game. But the fact that we're rampant consumers and we live in a, a society that is built on rampant consumerism. You're not going to be able to do it properly. So I, I do understand why people kind of got, why this kind of got to its boiling point, but I digress. Pete, I'm going to bring you on the conversation here. I'm very surprised that we've managed to fill 15 minutes already, so this is going very well. Um, I know you want to talk a little bit about FSG and FSG ownership, so I'm going to let you take the floor here. Why do you think that it's better to, you know, it's better the devil you know than the better, you, better devil you don't in terms of the ownership for Liverpool Football Club? Yeah, in terms of, like, I don't think I've come on this pod and kind of given my views on FSG before, but, like, FSG, what they've obviously, firstly, what they've done for Liverpool is amazing. So they've basically taken us from early being bankrupt and then making us, again, one of the, like, like a sleeping giant and making us, again, like, win the biggest trophies in terms of Champions League, Premier League, getting Klopp. And I've, getting Klopp, I think getting Klopp is probably their best thing they've ever done because... You get someone like Klopp and it's in the same vein as like a Ferguson or like a Wenger and he, again, he's so smart. He knows how to run a club. He knows how to get off the trophy. It, 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 it changes the culture. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it brings that new energy out of everyone. You know, it bring, brought the energy out of the fans. You know, the the, the, the the dinner ladies at Melwood. What was it? Melwood have helped their move to Kirby as well. But yeah. but uh, but yeah, I completely get what you mean. Yeah, facts. That's that, I think that's the biggest, yeah, that's their, probably their biggest coup that they've got like in terms of how they dealt with Liverpool. But, like, obviously, we're, so we're starting to see, like, fans kind of, like, not revolt against FSG, but there's kind of, like, a mixed feelings of, like, a lot of fans are saying FSG out or FSG, FSG are doing this wrong or FSG are doing that wrong. And just in terms of, like, they've definitely made some mistakes. So they've made some mistakes in terms of the ticket pricing. That was horrible. They tried to Agreed. put it all the way up. You know what I'm saying? You can't really do that. Um, in terms of, again, like, the, um, well, so the staff, they tried to um, furlough the yeah. yeah, tried to follow the staff. And obviously a Super League again, obviously whether you are thoughts on the Super League or not, but the way it was dealt with, even if you do agree with it, was kind of wrong, obviously, rolling it out at 11pm in the night. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hopefully that was season <laughs> too tough. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? A quick letter, some bloody whatever website that was like... We, we, you know what? That website, I was, I'm glad you brought up the website. I think we genuinely need to do a Patreon episode where we evaluate the yeah, Super League website was, if it's still available. You know what? It was awful. It's, it's like, oh, create a free website and then we'll give you like a month free. The website was just horrible. So yeah, the way they dealt with the Super League was horrible. But um, in terms of FSG, they kind of, they run it so... Um, they don't take money out. They don't take dividends out like uh, main United owners, and they but they also don't pump pump money in like Roman. Like they run it like how a normal owner should really run it. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's a middle ground in between being like not thieves like the way main United or I won't call them thieves, but the way they're just taking dividends out and then someone yep. like Roman pumping his own money. Like they run a club how you should run a club, right? 
So they run it in terms of being sustainable, self-sustainable, um, getting our revenues up, um, using our revenue to whatever buy players. You know what I'm saying? Put money into the club that way. So if you sell a player, you buy a player. But where fans have kind of like they've seen like over the road in London, they've seen over the road in Manchester. You got like a billionaire owner who's now come in and kind of just I don't. It doesn't really matter what the club is earning. Obviously, we'll try and maximize that, but. Whatever the club's earning, I'm still going to put my own money and put that into the club. I just feel like that is not like it's it's kind of like a dream in terms of what Roman has done for Chelsea. Like he's just using his own money, but it's not really like um, so sustainable as well. Because when Roman goes, or if he tries to sell the club one day, you know what I'm saying? Like who knows if they'll still have money to buy players their front centre. Whereas like if FSG were to go, um, we still have this self self sustainable model where we've got revenue coming in, we've got the night con- contract up, like so. Yeah, so just in terms of fans, just I think you should kind of like not um, look over the road in Man City and Chelsea and think, oh, that's how every club should be owned because no, because that's not sustainable. You know what I'm saying? Not everyone can get a billionaire owner. You know, if you do, fair enough. But if you don't, like this is the way to run a club. And it, then again, it might not always go well because if you look at Chris Ronaldo, if you look at Fulham, they've got a billionaire owner who also un- owns um, AW, is a wrestling company, and he's he's rich, he's stinking rich, but. Like, Fulham are not, they're not a powerhouse now just because they've got a billionaire owner. You know what I'm saying? They didn't do it well, quite. Well, look, look what they did the season they came up before. When they yeah. bought a, a, a shed load of players yeah, and they were man. terrible. Yeah, yeah. About £100 million pounds worth of players. And so, they sat their manager before. And the, even if you look close to home, look at Everton. Everton got money in. They got players like Owobi. They got players like Walcott. They got players like Bernard. They just got bare random players like... It's not just seven, seven highest um, operating loss as well um, in, in, in history. Jesus. Like, Everton have got money. Like, don't be for Everton have actually got money, but again, they haven't got people in charge, the right people in charge in terms of footballing wise and recruitment wise to go out and get the best talent like we do. You know what I'm saying? So, I just think we just have to be careful. Like, if you can, obviously, if you can get an owner who cares about football and can put money in, fair enough. But that's so hard. Like, I think mean, that's so, so rare. Like, honestly, because most people. Football's like a second, most billionaires, football's like a second thing to them or a third thing to them. It's not their yep. love, you know what I'm saying? So, like, just be careful what you wish for because you look at Fulham, look at Everton and, you know what I'm saying? It's not all rosy there just because they've got billionaire owners. Like, FSG, yeah, they've made some mistakes, but they've also took us to the summit and you just, yeah, I think we should be careful, really. What you wish for. Completely agree. Um, I think one of the better examples is to, to look at too is kind of, you look at Inter Milan. Uh, you know, Inter Milan are in a really good position of power. They've got players on a lot of money. But their financial situation at the moment, because their parent their parent club um, is in massive financial straits. I mean, they owned the winners of the Chinese Super League, didn't they? And then they had to um, essentially make that club defunct. That club who won the Chinese Super League last season no longer exists because the operating costs were far too high. So that's left. It. So that now leaves into Milan in a position where they need to sell a few of their players. Literally, the season after ending Juventus' streak like they were the fucking Italian undertaker. Um, say what you will about this podcast. We, we, we will find a way to pull ref, wrestling references every single week. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and now they're going to be... Not, official- there's not loads of billionaire owners out. Like, who the hell do yeah. you guys think? So, okay, we've gone on a protest. That's so cool. Like, May United fans been on a protest. Calm, like, I understand you want change, whatever, but... Glazers are not just going to go and sell the club at a loss for another man to come in. Come in. Like, who are you going to find to buy it? You need to find owners. You know what I'm saying? You need to find, like, it's not as easy just sell it and give it to someone. You know what I'm saying? Like, the right yeah. people need to come in. The right people that care about the club. You know what I'm saying? They need to come in. So, yeah. 
it's not as easy as just sell the club and boom. It has to be. It has to be either you know an owner or an ownership consortium that kind of has some form of roots in. I say roots in the city it needs to have an identity that mirrors the club it's buying. You know what I mean? Especially, especially if you're going to be buying a club like Liverpool, you need to understand what you're getting into. You, know, you need to understand the ethos of the fan base. You know, the way the club works because it it really is it's it is like a family club as weird as it sounds big massive global enterprise a Liverpool football club at the end of the day it kind of still is like a family club uh you know they have the slogan this means more and for Liverpool it really does there's a lot of things in this football club where if you win if you win at this football club it means more than it would at other football clubs it's it's just facts you know what I mean and look at the Champions League win and it, just a question for you guys. Like, so if we do say we did get an oil like oil billionaire owner in, doesn't that sort of go against the Liverpool like morality? And how can we say this means more when we just get someone <laughs> like an old guy to come in and, and that's like, the, yeah. And that's the thing, bro. And that, you know what I'm saying, like, and that's how it is. Like, that's how it, is. it doesn't make sense in in bringing someone in who's just gonna, you know, like you say, if you just dash money here, dash money there, dash. Like then, well, the soul's out of it. Like there's no soul in it. Do you get what I'm saying? And Liverpool. This, 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 this is the thing as well. I, I think. Do you want people to come and buy in because you think it's for the good of the club, or do you want people to come and come in and, and you know buy a buy so you can you know spend a lot of money, swing your dick around, and say we've got the best players in the world, well, we can buy whoever I'm, we want. I want to go to the that's what is. Mbappe, yeah, you could. That's yeah. what it is. That's, that's, that's all. That's <laughs> Like, the thing is, people are not being like genuine and sincere. They're talking about morality and they want people on the, they want fans on the board. No, you don't. You just want to come on the internet and laugh at other people. We, we've got this and we've got that. Let's be, let's be frank. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, that's just what, yeah, what it is. Yeah. We just want to buy the best players. And like, but that comes at a cost. So these people are going to do whatever they want to do because they're yep. giving you what they want. So again, Think about it carefully. What do you actually want? What do you actually want from an owner? And it, and it, 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 it made me laugh when people were getting on Twitter saying that, you know, I wouldn't mind the crown prince of Saudi Arabia. <laughs> a, regime that, a, a regime that has murdered people. You know what I mean? Like, this, this, is, this is not an allegedly thing. They did. Like, they would be happy if they brought Liverpool football. Club. I'm thinking, I've got to be. Man, that definitely goes against everything that Liverpool stands for. You know what I mean? Last season we got um I was sorry Bishop cutting you up. Oh, what's his name? The former chief exec that we we had. Peter Moore. Uh, Peter Moore, who's who's a Liverpoolian, and under his tutor, under his reign, if he knew it or didn't, they tried to do the furlough scheme. I don't know if he knew, but he said he didn't know. But do you know what I'm saying? And this is someone that is from Liverpool anyway. So at the end of the day, a business is going to do what a business has to do to make money. This is yeah. what people need to realize businesses do what they have to do to make money investors do what investors should do like which was i was saying in a group chat that just because they've done this and they're not fam they're investors they need to make a profit that's just the bottom line isn't it that's just the bottom line of it they have shareholders that they need to appease they have people that they need to appease in it um if you think that they don't believe it they don't take the fans they take the fans for granted show them then don't buy stuff because we we were queuing for the night shirts. Like I said, we was doing all of this for that. And, oh, my God, we'll be linked with Mbappe. We'll do, this is what we like. So, at the end of the day, if I'm, are you going to turn a blind eye to, to the moral aspect of it? I think you will because you're going to swing your dick about and saying, like, we're the best team in this, that, and the third. Trust me, Man City fans don't give a shit about what their man are doing back. That's, that's my problem, though. It's like, 
if you don't care, then cool. Like, admit that. That's what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you don't care, that's so cool. Like, the way Man City run their thing, they got all, all um, Guardiola's guys, they got him, like I'm saying, they run it, they got a new training complex, whatever. Like, they're doing good work, but... Which is beautiful, by the way. Yeah, they're, they're actually doing really good work there over there. Like, they're not yeah. just having the football, they're actually building, like, a kind of dynasty and whatever, but mm. you can't want that and also be like, or spirit of Shankly, this Liverpool means more, this, that, like, it's one or the other, like, you choose your side, you know what I'm saying, like, yeah. it's not, oh, like, oh, why did we follow this player and that player, and but also, I want Because to this, this, this is the thing as well, I think people forget that, this is the thing as well, I think people forget that, the, look at the new training ground. Yeah, that's all come. That's all come from kind of like the self-sustaining model. Um, again, the, the the stadium expansion that came from you know FSG loaning their own money to the club, which they will get the money back over an increment of, an increment of time. And you you look at the developments that they've done in terms of you know around Anfield and around um, yeah we were the training ground. It's 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 actually it's quite staggering really uh, from, from what it once was. Um, but yeah, I, I can I completely agree with you guys. Uh, in, 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 all, in all fairness, I do I do get why people kind of have their relevant grievances against FSG in some of the things that have happened. Like we have this, yeah. uh, we have discussed the ticket prices are one hundred percent. I think we can all agree uh, it's a bit of an outlandish thing to do. Um, and goes against you know football. Football should be affordable. Um, yeah. Yeah. For some reason, for some reason in this country, it's not. Um, and that's that's a massive shame. But that's a collective football problem. That's the, that's. That just is what it is, and you know that requires all the clubs getting involved to, to drive down ticket prices and make it affordable for for everyone really to, to enjoy the game. Um, but I can see you know why the organisations, such as Spirit Shankly, etc., had these relevant grie- grievances with the club, and why they want a bit more say and they want to be and they want these decisions ran past them because you know, like we said, when when it's involved in Liverpool. It is like a family club. It does need that impact to say, are we doing this right or is this correct and what we're doing? Because if they have these little things at the early inception, they wouldn't have these problems. So I completely agree with it. And, you know, hopefully we'll find out a little bit more how that meeting with Spirit of Shankly and um, Billy Hogan um, went later on in the week. Um, from one thing to another, um, this weekend we did have the social media blackout uh, from the players and a lot of the football clubs. I talked about this a little bit earlier on in the, the Daily Fracas. So the Daily Fracas, if you are listening uh, on uh, audio uh, streams, is a little thing we're doing right. A little thing we're doing at the moment. Um, it will be a daily feature where we kind of condense all the latest Liverpool news into little five, ten minute increments, uh, and we'll be doing that on a daily basis. Uh, so please do check that out. We'll be doing that over on YouTube. Um, so yeah, that is the Touchline Fracas YouTube page. Um, I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on the social media blackout, and if you just hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I think it, it it was worth all the effort, in all honesty. Um, I mean, I've I've I've, I've been on the. Uh, uh, let's let's be real. Us as a network, we didn't really partake in it because we didn't see what the actual end goal of it was. Um, if it was to raise awareness, which I think awareness can only do so much, and we've been raised awareness for. How long now? We've been raising awareness for when I was a kid. It's done nothing. 
So I want to I want to know from you guys what's the next step? What is the actual next step that we do here? Yeah. Um, if you can see my face right now, like I'm just so not amused. <laughs> I'm just so amused. <laughs> like, no, so over it. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help you even more with a Credit Karma Money Spend account. You can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to open your free account and start winning Instant Karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Like, 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 it's just one of them things again. Like, oh, you take the knee. Okay, cool. Against racism, fighting against racism, cool. Like, it's just another token gesture. Again, like, it doesn't mean anything. Because one person had this idea, and then now everyone's jumping on it. Most of them companies, yeah, because Sky Sports jumped on it, I'm sure, like, BBC said, oh, bloody hell, Sky, Sky's on there. We need to go on there. And then Talksport <laughs> said, I need to go on there. And, you know what I'm saying? Because if one of them didn't do it, they look bad. You know what I'm saying? So it's another token gesture. Like, show us, does it actually mean anything? You know what I'm saying? Actually do something like Instagram, kind of Instagram and Twitter, get these people that are being racist and find a yep. way for, for them to be held accountable. You know what I'm saying? Maybe, I don't know. Like, I'm not, I, don't, I don't have all the answers. Don't get me wrong. But, you know what I'm saying? Just find a way to hold these people accountable and actually implement change. You know what I'm saying? These, Play again. It starts from football as well. The players that are being racist, Ian Kamara, he got racial abuse. The guy got a ten game ban. It's just like, bro, like, and then Kamara got a three game ban. It's just like, and then it's just, it's just like, bro, like, I'm tired of it. Like, throw some rule change. You know what I'm saying? Because when man were gonna play in the Super League, you're gonna ban man for the whole life. My whole life, never ever playing in the Premier League, never playing Champions League, never playing international. So that means you can actually do something if you really want to. You know what I'm saying? You can really do something if you really, really want to. So give a man a 10-game ban, like, you, do, you don't really care, to be honest. So when you're doing these stuff like that... They're still getting paid. My pardon? They're still getting paid when they get the ban. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? So it's just it's ridiculous. Like, show some real, real change. Like, again, when these protests happen, um, Gary Neville, all these, it was peaceful. These men were like, yeah, we need this, we need that. Blah blah, like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, everyone was like on Twitter, everyone was applauding the the protest. Like, so you guys really, really care about this Glazer so much more than you care about this racism thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, because when my were protesting racism, it was too far. It was. All right, let me not even talk it. If I speak, I'll be in trouble. So let's go on. the sentiments are the same over here, man. Um, the aggressiveness of the Super League and to take down the Super League you had Prime Ministers talking and that <laughs> Prime Ministers were looking to how to stop oh, a breakaway how cheeky bro what that cheeky it yeah we're going to draw up some legislation overnight I think it, yeah, I can't it. Yeah, what? Yeah. whoa wait hold on <laughs> so like you can allow some random young kids to like call big professional footballers monkeys and, and all of that on the internet but 
nobody bats an eyelid and, and when footballers are taking a knee because of that, it's always a all bit of like a problem. You've got fans booing when um, when they're allowed fans in for that quick period. Um, Millwall, I'm looking at you. Um, you were booing players for taking a knee about racism. So it shows you where like they don't they don't care. Nobody cares. That's why to be fair, I didn't really notice that like, the social media blackout. Like, well, oh, I don't really care because like a few clubs just said they're not going to post. Mm, all right, that's your business, isn't it? <laughs> What's that going to do for me? Like, because tomorrow morning somebody's going to call me an uh, N-word or something. Anyway, so <laughs> the media blackout is not really going to do much. So yeah, I'm with Peter. Like, it doesn't really bother me as much. I think away, for instance, with Glenn Kamara issue and the. Um, it's love your proud player getting 10 matches. Things like that. You need to ban him for like a year. For a year. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because... You can really feel it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because if you was to do that on road, like out of the football uh, circle, you can go you get banned. Brand, no? Yeah. You get banned. But, but, yeah. but like, you, if I was to report something, someone can get arrested for that. And bam, that's... Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This is so, the thing, you know. So you know, you know how I always say, a, f- a football club is no different to a normal working environment. If you mm-hmm. were to do that in a normal working environment, you're losing oh. your job. Yeah, that, that day, that day, bro. Yeah, do investigation, and that day you lose your job. So I think these kind of things should still should still be be brought into football. Um, if you're finding finding football clubs what ten grand because they're fit, their um, fans are saying racist. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm, I'm saying it doesn't make no sense. Like, Rio Ferdinand got banned for eight months because he missed the drug test. Jesus. For eight months, bro. He missed and it. Do you and think he'll ever do that again? He will never ever do that again. He will, every you know what I'm he will make sure, he will make sure he's there. You see what I'm saying? So that should be the same effort that we should put into racism. Racism is not something that you just dash away from. This is, this is a big, big issue. Same as... Um, What's it called? Um, discrimination of anything, any gender, creed, yeah. a- anything. It's, it's a big issue. You can't just come into the world and think that it's all right to just cuss man for no reason just because man's playing football. It doesn't make sense, man. And yeah, and Peter again, you made a good point about um, the social media, um, Instagram and Twitter, like active. They're not really doing much actively to to do it. Um, they can, they can. I'm very very sure they can because if we was to put a post up. Of a football, a football game, uh, a goal that we liked. You know what I'm saying? They will take that down. Do you know what I'm saying? They will delete your account. Yeah, you will get your account suspended for posting. So here's one for you: the Stephen A. Smith, the the, the Stephen A. Smith memes reaction page that just does all the Stephen A. Smith memes got suspended for copyright violation. That's what I'm saying. But you're allowing people to come on the internet. Call other football fans discriminatory terms against you know their race, gender, or their religion, and you allow them to target the players as well. And it's cool. Can can someone please make it make sense? It, it doesn't make sense, bro. And doesn't and that's why all of these things is like it's all air. It's air, man. Taking a knee, um, kick it out. Fam, how long have we had kick it out for the last what twenty years? We've had kick it out for bare long, and it's still air. Uh, what, what is so what are we doing? We, so when when we were when I was at, when I was at school, I'm, tw- I'm twenty I'm I'm twenty nine, but still. Uh, 
we had like a kick it out thing for like our football team. I was like 13, 14 at the time. So that's how long it's been going on for. And like I said earlier on, I mean, like, I remember when I was playing five aside before, and this is just like a normal five aside. You know what I mean? Not even professional level. We're playing against this one team, and this guy like studied me, and he called me, you know, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to say the word, but it was yeah. a derogatory, it's a derogatory term for people of Indian origin. I'm like, right, it's a five-a-side game, you know. You need to calm down um, a little bit. And honestly, and you, if if you are to do that to anyone, you are, and I'm going to say it now, if you are to say anything about someone's you know, skin colour, their gender, um, their sexual orientation, their religion, you're scum of the earth, really. Let's, let's be real. You know what I mean? You are the lowest of the low. If if you can go that way to just insult someone because of I don't know, you're, you're upset because he scored a goal against you, innit? it? <laughs> Why are you upset at yeah. him? You're upset at your player, fam. <laughs> Why are you upset at my man? Why was just doing his job? You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I just feel like they don't take racism seriously. It's not something that they care about. Everything is just a gimmick. It's just a show. Fam, from the time when you've got the sun doing it, I don't want to hear nothing about it, bro. Oh, God, like, yeah. No, yeah. bro, allow me, fam. Allow me. I, bro. I was like, bro, you're having a laugh. Is this yeah. what we're doing? And then they're doing, yeah, and they're doing stuff today. Yeah. Where, and then they're doing, then they're doing stuff today where they're targeting Bukayo Saka. It's like, wow, so man. you've not learned, so you've not learned anything. That's nice to know. Obviously, we're talking about player suspensions there. I remember um, Kiko Casilla when he called oh, yeah. uh, Jonathan Lecco a very nasty term. I think, believe he only got eight game suspension, and he still plays for Leeds. And Lecco never got any form of apology from Leeds football club either which actually makes oh. the thing monumentally worse but even even like Suarez obviously at that time we yeah. young was probably defending him but when you think and sit down and think about it have you only got eight games huh you know what I'm saying yeah. like John Terry again like you said the Leeds keeper the Leeds keeper's the worst because he's still playing he's playing in the Premier League yeah it's ridiculous man it, it don't really like it don't really matter too tough to them yeah. obviously it matters yeah. but, like, obviously, don't, I, don't get us wrong. I don't know if I see with you guys. Like, it's a good thing, obviously, like, in terms of, like, what they're trying to do. But we need to see change. And we need to, fundamentally, we need to see something come of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, so if it's just something, uh, a token action, then we don't really care. But if it leads to change and people start, um, things start happening because of it, there's, you know what I'm saying? That's when it's, like, cool. But, like, for now, it's just a token gesture. So, yeah, that, that's the main thing. But, but, but Pete, you're saying that. You say like it's a good gesture, but like for me personally, because we've always seen a different variation of it, it just doesn't really resonate with me. Do you know what I'm saying? It's not like I guess what I mean by that. I guess obviously, so like the the clubs and that they weren't too in lineups. They weren't too. They weren't too like so. When I went on Twitter on Sunday looking for a lineup, I really couldn't find one unless yeah. I looked for okay. certain journeys. So I'm just saying, if if one or two people can be like. Wait, where's Liverpool? Why are they posted? Oh, let me go into the thing. Oh, I've seen that. Let me, you know what I'm saying? So if it can change one or two people's minds from, you know what I'm saying? Being, I'm not, I'm not saying that will, but again, it, it's a good, it's a good gesture, but obviously we need to see change from it. Yeah, yeah. I had a conversation with this with my dad the other day when I was like, it's kind of, you know, to kind of get on the side of, I think I guess young kids, teenagers and stuff. But then I, then I was like to him. You are aware that most people who are doing this when you see them, you know, when they a man was arrested, like in their forties and fifties. And I was like, there's only so much you can really do at the end of the day. If it, you know, if you're trying to get kids for the next generation, that's fine. 
But there are some people in this world whose opinions you just can't really change, really, and they just need to be eradicated from football. And unfortunately, I, I, just, I just don't see it happening, which is is a shame. Let's move on to a more little bit of a up, more upbeat topic, and I'm very glad we had that conversation. I'm very proud of us of having that conversation as well. Um, came out today, came out today um, that there is a gentleman's agreement. I always like that terminology, a gentleman's agreement. You know, a lovely handshake involved. All the parties are very happy. Um, it's a gentleman's agreement that Jaden Sancho and Borussia Dortmund can part ways this summer if a nice offer comes in. A nice, a nice offer being around 70 million great British pounds. We all know that one of the people who are a big fan, a big admirer of Jaden Sancho is Jurgen Klopp. We know one of the people who tried to sign him from Manchester City when he wants to leave. Uh, all those years ago, was Mr. Michael Edwards. And we know that a club that are in need of a nice versatile attacker this summer because two of their main <laughs> main goal-scoring options are after the African Cup of Nations uh, in the winter and one of them might be representing his country at the Olympics in the summer, is Liverpool Football Club. So I'll put it to you guys. Could we see Jadon Sancho in a, Liverpool, in, a, in a lovely, if you've seen the nice leaked images as well, a lovely Liverpool home shirt next season? What do you think of that then, guys? Um, yeah, it's not in the realms of... It's not out of the realms of possibility. Um, I feel if Liverpool have any sense, they should do. Um, how much did you say, Chris? 70 million? Let's say, yeah, let's say 70 million. But let's say, you know, we're all businessmen. Like we were discussing earlier, we're all businessmen here. First, you Dortmund have some interest in some of our, our players. Let's say we give them an initial 50 million add-ons and we, get, we send name out of a hat, Nabi Kaita, that was quick, uh, in the opposite direction. Uh, I think interesting yeah, that's so... yeah, do you see that link with Chamberlain? Yeah, I saw that as well. Yeah, I saw that as well. Yep. I saw that as well. Um, I think they were interested in Divock as well, Divock Origi. Um, um, a player like Minamino suits them as well. So there is options for that player plus Castro, and I think that'd probably be the best thing because everyone wins there. We give you a player, we give you money, we get that player set player off our wage bill. I, I think it makes sense because he's a a good young talent coming through. He's about to um, burst through the scenes. He's uh, I I criminally underrated him, and I think he's being criminally underrated in these shows just because we can't see him. We don't watch him week in week out, but what he's doing. Um, over in Germany, speaks high volumes, and he's been doing it since he was 17. So there's a player there that I'm sure Klopp would like to work with and, and make him the next big thing. And he has all the tools, to be fair. I think it will, be, it will make sense for Liverpool, man. It's just one of those players that we do need. We don't have any creativity from the wide. We don't have like any Barmane, any good one-on-one players. Um, I think he will fit into our team. However, we're going to play if we're going to play a 4-2-3-1 or 4-3-3. Four four two, whatever you want to do, I think he's just that type of talent. He looks an intelligent football as well, because um, to understand intricate things at this top level, especially Champions League, you need to have a bit of intelligence. He's got that. He has pace and abundance. He's got great skill. So yeah, he is a sign that we should be looking to do, man. Yeah. Peter, I'll bring you in. Um, yeah. You know, Sancho, the crowning. Jewel, I'd say, of kind of Dortmund's young player project of what they've done the past few years. Um, I understand if people do want to say Erling, but you know, Sancho cost like what 
about 10 million quid and they're going to flip him for, you know, God knows how much uh, this this summer. But you, you look at the kind of player that he is, you know, like El said, he's, he's really clever. His, his technical ability is he's out of this world. He's also creative. He's creative too. And the, the biggest thing for me is when he isolates his man, he gets in those one-on-one situations. Um, I, I can't think of many better players in world football that will skin his man alive. That seems like the core and the basis of a player that Liverpool definitely need and there's someone that Jurgen Klopp can sit there and go, oh yeah, I can work with this player and make him a world beater even more. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think Sancho's ability is, is, is amazing, especially at his young, young age. <clears throat> what he's doing, like he's... It's funny because I was speaking about my friend, to my friend about Sancho and he was like, Sancho's, Sancho's not had a good season though, has he? And I was like, no, what are you talking about? Like, I think people kind of got mixed up because... He had a, like a slow start. He was kind of injured, but I think he's got like twelve goals, eighteen assists in all competitions. Like, if that's a bad season for what, like a twenty-one-year-old, like what? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying <laughs> he's, he's, he's ripping it up in, in Bundesliga. Um, and just obviously we know Bundesliga is not the same quality as the Premier League, but he's still doing the Champions, um, Champions League, and he's still hitting those numbers. Like, so Central's a top, top quality player. But yeah, like Chris was saying, I think we really, really miss that one v one type player. Um, in terms of just being able to isolate their man 1v1 in like a corner or like, do you know what I'm saying? And just be able to go past a man of ease. Like, I think we've got a lot of players that can do it, but with pace. And that, like, that's all fine. But if that's, if that, if the, if the other fullback is the same, um, same, he's as fast as you, then you're not really going to get past him. And I feel like Marnie and Salah, they do, obviously, Marnie's probably a bit better if he's dribbling, but they can get past, um, their fullbacks with pace. But we really like that player who can get past, their um, opposition with, with skill. And I feel like Central can do that. Central is not as quick as Armani and Seller, but he's just got skills for days. He's got tech for days. So, he could, like, like there was one video we saw this weekend where it's, uh, he's, he looked like an old man, to be fair. <laughs> he did look like an old man. <laughs> Central just Central give him one little shimmy and the girl's tumbling, tumbling, tumbling down. Like, you don't really see that with our players. Like, and Central, he's just got this, he's got um, this ability to kind of, I think because we probably grew up playing cage football, his ability to go past the man is just it's amazing. But one score, I think people really underrate him and don't really know about he's his playmaking. So his playmaking is unreal. Like he's one of attackers that when he gets in the right um, positions and when he goes forward, he always makes the right pass or always makes the right shot. He never gets it wrong. Like barely, barely gets it wrong. So he always finds a man that's free. So if he's in the box, he has this kind of like composure. But it's like he doesn't get flustered. He never, never really gets flustered in the box. He always finds his man. That's why he always gets like eighteen to twenty assists every season. You know what I'm saying? So I think we really need, we miss that ability, especially with like Firmino kind of um, dropping and not being the same Bobby. Like we need a playmaker like a Sancho, even like a Rafina. Obviously, he's probably not to the same level as a Sancho, but yeah, I think we could definitely do with Sancho. But I think that the transfer is is complicated. That's what I would say. So. In terms of, I feel like there's a lot of stuff that has to go our way um, in terms of selling players, um, maybe them being interested in one of our players to bring in, or yeah, or in terms of maybe selling one of the front three. So I just think the, the central transfer is a bit complicated, but hopefully maybe we can get it done. I'm not sure if maybe we can get rid of like a. Ideally, I'd want to get rid of like a Firmino, maybe sell him to Athletic for like 40 million. 45 and then get sent to win. It's probably not likely, but that's that's ideally what I would I would want to happen. But um, if we get sent to win without selling one of the front three, then beautiful, perfect. 
Yeah, it would be it would be Chef's kiss, wouldn't it? Really, at the end of the day. Yeah. Sorry, Chris. Before you carry on, I don't um I don't think we have to sell one of the front three. To be fair, I believe that this market we probably could get a bit more value for some of the players that we are not necessarily used. So like we were talking before the pod, Harry Wilson, you say your Joe, your Shacks, you sell you sell three of them, you probably muscle up twenty to thirty mil for three of them. You know what I'm saying? What was that five million yeah. each? <laughs> Well, that's just how it is, man. That's how I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. Well, that's, 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 you're not getting fifteen mil. That's the thing. You're not 15. getting. I reckon. Whoa. I reckon you get. I reckon you get twelve for Harry Wilson. Okay. You get about five million for Ojo mm-hmm. and Shakiri. I have no eight million. I think seven to eight. Bro, million. you get another five million. All right, let's say. All right, let's say eight million. That's twenty five. <laughs> that's twenty five. That's twenty five yeah. mil. Yeah. See, between twenty and thirty mil for them three, bro. That's mm. that's that's twenty five mil for seventy. Liverpool should have. Well, I love that. 35 somewhere hiding bro. I think the money comes in you, Minamino's your Ox Origi I think that's those are the ones you really got to look at to kind of yeah that's why I think we won't we won't have to sell one of the front three unless they want to go unless like the offer's nuts so this is why I think when I was talking about swap deals when I was talking about swap deals uh, at some point last week and I've kind of just been talking about it kind of on and off recently with the way the football is at the moment, I think you're going to see a lot more of these kind of transactions go through, just in terms of clever accounting. So you look at um, the prime example for this for me is, so let's say when so on more of a reachable scale, when Manchester City brought Joao Cancelo, so they paid thirty million pounds for him, and then Danilo went in the opposite direction. Um, so the total transfer was worth about sixty million all in. So I think you could probably do something very similar where you say, okay, we're given Dortmund 50 million, a couple more in add-ons, which brings us to 60, and then we're going to give them Naby Keita, Empire Exchange, who we value at around 35 million. So the, the transfer all-in, in face value, is a 95 million pound transfer. Then Dortmund can take that back to their fans and say, look, we've got 95 million pounds worth of assets for this one player. So that's how they can kind of pallet it. The the kind of transfers I do see kind of happening this summer is the so this was the this was the weirdest transfer last year. I don't know if you guys remember the uh, Pjanic and Arta kind of trans exchange where they both yeah. written off as, as fees exchanged, which that made no sense whatsoever for for, for a Barcelona point of view. I mean Pjanic is like what thirty one, and yeah. Arta is like twenty three and like fairly decent. Um, so, and that basically sums it up why they're in the situation they're in at the moment, doesn't it? So, I think you do see a lot more of those. I, I think you see a lot more of those transfers going on this year, and I think that's why Sancho can definitely happen. Um, and mate, if it does, I think one, one I'll be doing the I'll be doing the pod shirtless. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> one thing we might be ignoring is is Man United. So, in terms of obviously Man United are probably going to come back in for him. So. Um, and Dortmund won, what, £120 million last year, which is mad, sort of put it down to £70 million. So, obviously, if Man United come in for him, 
I don't know where he wants to go. I don't know where his head's at. Hopefully, it's still us. And um, but I think either Rafinha or Sancho, one's gonna go to Man United, one's gonna gonna go to Liverpool. That's what I think. What's gonna happen? I feel like yeah. I think I think it was Fahi said that Rafinha makes a bit more sense for for, for Manchester United at, at this point. Um, just I think they've got some other places they want to show up elsewhere, but it's going to be interesting, yeah. man. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that you know we've we've got a bit more arguments there for for, for Sancho for him to come to Liverpool, and if it does happen, um, you know, massive winners, massive winners here. But before we do kind of um, before we do sign off, I thought it'd be re- before it'd be pretty good to kind of just see a little bit of a summer shortlist. You know, what kind of players do you think Liverpool should be targeting? this summer off the back of what we discussed so we can kind of box off centre back I think you know Canate that seems to be a done deal at this point back will probably end up coming in on a permanent fee as well so apart from centre back what areas do you think and if you've got any specific players to hand even better Pete I'll start with you first what what areas and if you and what players Liverpool be targeting specifically this summer Okay, so we covered off the another attacker in terms of another. I think we should get another wide man, obviously to replace Sheck and yep. put a, like a fire under Mane's, whatever, whatever he's doing this year. But um, I think the other two places I would go for is a number nine. I think a number nine is imperative this year in terms of finding a natural goal scorer who can play up top, and in situations where we need a goal, we can put him on. Um, in situations like against, I don't know, like against Leeds, where we need 1-1, you need like 10 minutes to go, you can put on number nine and get a goal. I think that's very, very imperative that we get a number nine. And I, I was just, I listened to the pod last week, I think everyone should as well, but um, we'll talk, you guys were talking about Donny uh, Mallon, who I actually kind of like. I watched him a little bit, and I watched him in more detail the other day after you guys mentioned him, watched more videos of him. He, just, he looks really light and quick. He can play along across the front line. And he's a good finisher. He's a natural finisher. I think he's got maybe like like 17 goals in, in the um, Dutch division this year. So um, he looks a really yep. good talent. That he would fit in Van Dijk and show him the ropes. And yeah, I, I like him. Maybe get him for 20, 25 million. He, again, he fits the mould of FSG in terms of being a younger player who we can get for value later. I like him as well. I like um, Alexandra Isaac as well. I Isaac looks a very good player. He looks, he's PMP. He looks mad. Especially in that La Liga... His PMP is looking crazy. <laughs> he looks good, man. Um, he looks like a good player. I think he might be a bit more expensive than Malendor, but he looks a good player. And the centre mid. So we need the centre mid to replace Genie. Um, I wrote a piece on it for Touchline. Um, you guys should check that out. A quick plug my um, um, centre mid piece. So I, I've basically just done a replacements list for Genie Winch and um, Shameless plug. But yeah, so I would say. Hopefully it's not, not a shameless plug at all. It's on the, it's on the, it's on the bloody <laughs> touchline website. It's not shameless whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's just a replacement on a replacement album. But yeah, I would personally, I would probably go for Bussino probably my first option because I feel like he's a really good identical replacement to Wijnaldum. But if you can't get him for maybe 40 million or more less, then I would probably go for maybe an Awar. I like Awar because I like his... Um, He's pro player profile. I think he brings another dynamic uh, to Liverpool's play in terms of playing centrally. And I think we've wanted this for years in terms of Klopp has wanted to not just give our fullbacks the ball and let them like dictate the play. He wants to switch to a more centralised play. Like with the likes of Thiago, Keita, um, even Chamberlain. Like he wants to do this, but 
again, these players, you can't really trust them. Obviously, not Thiago, but Keita Chamberlain. They're not really safe to fit. So I think Klopp really does want to change this, but he's just been unfortunate the players he's bought. So if you bring if you bring in someone like Awa, you can do this because he's a playmaker from deep. Um, he's able to find that we'll be able to find a front three. And I think he's, he's a good player. So yeah, I'll go for um, a centre mid and a number nine and a right winger. I think those are imperative. Some solid choices there. Really, really looking forward to it. Um, and if you if you guys like liking what Peter said there, of course, do check his piece out on the Wijnaldum replacements that he's available. Uh, we'll post a link under this um, on this pod when the tweet goes out. Um, so do look out for that. And of course, if you if you are if you are a Patreon member and you're a Patreon member from last year as well, the uh, the, the the world renowned, the world famous transfer game will be making its uh, comeback to the Copa and Frackers Patreon page this summer. Um, so, yeah, you get to see your favourite Copa and contributors, see what they'll be doing, what, what they think their, their target areas are for this summer, and the various methods and players they let go to make these dreams happen, which is always a good laugh. So, so yeah, that's um, so if you are interested in that, do head over to www.patreon.com. Go on. Well, you two, so you guys, you like a couple strikers, like... But I don't really know much about them. There's, there's these, obviously, I think you've got the workhorse guy and the other the other guys. I don't know you guys mentioned him last week. I don't know. He's kind of big, like, profile. Blavich. Strong. Yeah, tell me about them two because I'm sure there's been another listeners that don't know a lot about them two. So, tell me what. Els, I'll, Els, I'll let you take the Vlahovic piece and I'll do the workhorse piece. That good? Uh, yeah, go on. I, I haven't really focused on him too tough, but um, what you showed me about him, he's more of a, a dominant number nine. Um, strong, strong as a young player does all his work centrally, which is something we actually do need to be fair. Um, I haven't watched him in detail to be fair, but oh, I do need to watch him more in detail. Um, but for someone like that, it seems like his hold up play will be good, just being one of those sort of strong number nines. Um, um, yeah, it'll be a different approach to what we've been used to for the past three, four, five years. Do you know what I'm saying? Where we've had that floating number in uh, Firmino, a floating number nine, we've had really. We haven't really had someone who's more of a um, central um, central player or in basketball they like to call them uh, postmen or something like that. Or something like that. I don't know. I'm, I'm a football fan, so hey. Don't let Mariah um, catch you. Don't let Mariah catch you. I know it is. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to end me. <laughs> no, but yeah, um, so yeah, that's that's him really. Um, uh, like I said, my, my knowledge, because I've been mainly looking at um, my mailing. Prefer mailing to be fair, um, but yeah, when we get on to my turn, but yeah, go on, Chris, the floor is yours. Give me, can, can you keep filibustering else? I got some diagrams I want to pull up. No, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, hi, it's me again. No, yeah, so since uh, before, <laughs> before Chris puts up his, uh, his diagrams, um, the, the three, the, apart from centre backs, though, the players that I want are probably Sancho, Mailing, and um, Owa. Um, they're all young players and they will add something different to Liverpool. Um, again, like Pisa, just to add, piggyback off of that. Or why someone is a bit different who likes to dribble, who likes to get the ball, move it from A to B with his dribbling. Um, he's not a workhorse like a Genie or a Henderson or a Fab to a lesser extent, but he's someone that will, will work. But apart from that, he will do a lot of damage with the ball, you know what I'm saying? Which is what we've been needing. Yeah, no, sounds, that, I, I completely agree. Um, I've got my diagrams now, so I can pull them up on the screen. Um, 
Oh, where's the share screen button? There we go. Really proud of us for being able to get an, an hour where we're discussing um, no football being played, by the way. Um, <laughs> let me know if that comes up. Okay. There we go. So, so with Vlahovic, this is kind of his, um, this is his touch map, and you can see a lot of the kind of where, look at the majority of where his shots come from. By the way, they're all on the edge of that kind of twelve yeah. yard, twelve yard box. So he's really strong in those specific areas. Um, yeah. and all of his goals essentially come in from those, um, from from that area. Realistically, um, and when we're talking about a player that we kind of need, um, you know someone who can kind of pin people back that's that's what he does the best really for, for for me there is another diagram i've got here i've really come prepared with these diagrams gotta say i'm quite quite happy with myself and again yeah, and this I, is another I, reason this, this, this is another reason for people to kind of watch on the uh, on the youtube as well yeah some good diagrams man how old is he chris he is 21 i believe i'll double check so yeah, for, for, for me so for me peter it reminds me a lot of um i think i said it on Said it last week. He reminds me a lot. Of, yeah, he's 21. He reminds me a lot of Stefan Jovic. That's the same diagram, isn't it? Oh no, it's not. So this is kind of like his, his, his heat map within the box. So you can see a lot where again a lot of where his positions are kind of taking up. One of the things you can say that we've definitely missed this season is a guy who takes up these exact same positions. Um, so for me, I think he'd be it'd be a really smart addition. Now, how much he costs? That's a that's a completely different story in itself, but. As you know, as you guys can see, and, and I wonder if all of you can see, if you are watching on YouTube again, another reason to watch on YouTube um, is these smart areas that he does take up. Um, so yeah, for me, Pete, he's a bit of a crossover between the way that he plays, uh, Stefan Jovetic, um, in his Fiorentina days initially, and in the physicality he has as well. It reminds me a lot of Mitrovic in the way he can kind of hold off players keep the ball at his feet. So it's a really interesting option. And in regards to Weghorst, I'm a really big fan of him. Um, I've watched him a lot for Wolfsburg. Um, and he does a lot. He he, he does a lot. He's, he's deceptively quick. Um, and again, he's a big lad. He's six foot six. Uh, he can pin opposition back. He's really good at pressing as well, which again, for a Liverpool number nine, is something that you really need. Um, and I believe he's kind of, He's per 90. This was from last season. Uh, it was two shots a game and 0.5 in terms of goals. And he's really area dominant as well. So I, th- I think in terms of that, that kind of profile of player that we need, whether if someone wants to kind of come off the bench like we discussed before, do 30 minutes and then start games in certain scenarios, those type of players I think are some people we probably should target. So... With that, all that being said, Pete, are you, are you, are you down for the Veg Post um, <laughs> Vlahovic experiment? Um, yeah, they they both sound so they're both basically they're both box strikers, right? So they're both like, yep. yeah, I'm saying they do the best work in the box, hold it up, and like an old school number nine, really. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm down. We, we need that man. We need that type of player. Like I can't remember the last box striker we have, like in terms of maybe like a Ricky oh. Lambert or someone like that. Yeah, Ben Tech, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Ricky Lambert, like. So yeah, yeah definitely, definitely do need that that player, that player profile. So yeah, man, they sound good. The only downside of Veghorst is he's 28 years old and about to turn 29. So I can see, I can already feel Mike shaking in the background as that doesn't fit his uh, his young player agenda. But that being said, uh, Bundesliga this season, 20 goals and seven assists. Yeah, that um, you know that great because it's just like. 
when did this <laughs> happen? Where it's like guys who are like 27, 28, 29, 30 can't contribute anymore. Like, bro, like you get them in for one or two years and they bang goals with whatever. Like, you can get a 21 year old who will never fulfill his potential. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't add nothing. Like, look at obviously, look at Cavani. Like, you look at someone like Cavani. Has he, has he not paid back his, his worth? Like, he's done his thing. Like, they even ask him to do another year. Listen, if we had Cavani this season, we would be comfortably top four. Comfortably. I, I just Completely don't think agree. Down on players if they're a little bit older. Like, if they've got to work, if, I'm saying, if there's a purpose for them being there, you get them, you know what I'm saying? And I mean, is, speak, yeah. speaking of Cavani, sorry, Els. If we did want to fill, fill the void for a year, it'll probably never happen, but. So certain someone leaving Manchester City at the end of the season who I think would be a would be quite nice in Liverpool shirt. Yeah, I, I personally think he will be nice and he's somebody who have fifteen minutes we need a goal or we need something in the box, chuck him on fam. Chuck him on he's deadly fam. He scored look at the goal he scored against Palace. This is Conor Guerrero, if everyone's not following. No, but, no. but look at the goal he scored fam. <laughs> that goal was <laughs> unbelievable. Left foot. How many touches did he take? Like two touches? Bam, yeah. Bam, bam. Yeah, bro, if you know what happened, he's away, he's gone. He's celebrating. So, yeah, man. You should seriously look at it. If you can't get, like, a melon or something like that, just get a striker in. You can just score goals, man. I don't, bro, I don't mind. I don't mind, fam. I don't mind. Just get him in because he will score goals for you. He will definitely score. He he will contribute more than Firmino's contributing in terms of the goal-scoring aspect. And, um, like, we can't... And the thing with football fans that we choose, that like, we're so picky and we're so choosy, that. Like, we don't want Firmino because he's not scoring goals. But then if we say, oh, yeah, let's get Aguero. <laughs> oh, he's too old. Let's get Michael. Too Stop, old. He's too old. Bruv, what do you want? <laughs> do you want to score goals? <laughs> like, not everyone can have that. The shiny new young player who's just coming through. Who's, fam, sometimes in, in things like football, you just need someone to do a job for you for like two seasons, two, three seasons. Another player, another person who was so good at that was Ferguson. When Ferguson just needed a stopgap. Your Herrick Larsons, your Dimitar Berbatovs. I know he bought Berbatov for 30 million, but still was like, I just need someone to do my job for now. You know what I'm saying? Ferguson always used to do it, and he always used to find the correct player, and, and I think that's what Liverpool needs to start incorporating, bro. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. Um, just back to Vegos for a minute. I think if you want a guy who you can kind of play uh, the, the duties of Liverpool, a, a Liverpool number nine should do in terms of the defensive work, you know. Um, linking up play and just having really good movement in the final third this is a guy you, you definitely consider um, and he's a target man but he's not your prototypical target man so I think there's a lot of good I think the good thing about this this, this summer is there's a lot of good options on the table and it'd be nice to see where, where Liverpool do go but I think that's, that, that's it from us today I have no idea how we've managed to fill an hour and ten minutes of Liverpool FC content no idea. There wasn't even a bloody game, and we've done it. We've done it, boys. We've, we've done the impossible. We've lived the impossible dream. <laughs> so I have been your host. I have been your host, Chris. I've been joined by Alex and Peter. Thank you very much, lads, for joining me today. If you have been watching us on YouTube, you've been in for a treat as we gave you diagrams upon diagrams upon diagrams. Um, if you are listening on the audio, you have missed out on the diagrams upon diagrams upon diagrams. So do head over to YouTube to check out the diagrams. Um, <laughs> but again, thank you very much for listening, and we will be back with a lot more Patreon content this week for our lifeless fans. But we will see you next Tuesday for the usual show thank you much for tuning in I'll see you soon thank you
Sports Social Podcast Network.